Hello, everyone. This is Debut Buddies. It's a podcast about firsts that comes out on a fortnightly basis. I'm Nate. I'm one of the buddies. And I'm Kelly. I'm another buddy. I'm Chelsea. I'm the other buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a Bob Newhart show, which I'm probably thinking is a way too old reference. Daryl and my other brother, Daryl. Uh, anyway, um, this week we are honored to have our first guest. That's the first we're celebrating here. And it's a real it just life so, first. It's a real life first. And it just so happens to be uh, a guest featured on our first episode. So it's just like firsts all the way down, people. The, the singularity is nigh, honestly. <laughs> uh, we spoke on our first episode about an episode of IT Conversations with Doug K, featuring this gentleman, uh, speaking at uh, uh, O'Reilly. What, what's the thing called? <laughs> Uh, what was it? Emerging it Tech con- Conference? That's right. Yes. Uh, way back in 2004, when uh, technology seemed like a cuddly teddy bear ready to show us rainbows to the future. And uh, and a lot's changed. But uh, we also know that this, this particular gentleman, who I still have not introduced by name, <laughs> is on top of figuring out how to make it better. Uh, our first guest ever is Mark Smith. He's a sociologist who specializes in social organization of online communities and computer-mediated interaction. Uh, I believe you lead the Connected Action Consulting Group, and you're also a co-editor of Communities in Cyberspace. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Mark. I'm a sociologist. I'm pleased to be here. We are pleased to have you. No, we're so excited. Yeah, yeah. The the amount of nerves in in the uh, multi area studio and just our our elation that one that you would want to hang out with us, um, and two, just how much we got out of that episode of that podcast and the conversation we were able to have. Um, very exciting to have you here. So I I would love if you could talk a little bit to start about what you're doing now, and uh, and then we'll we'll ask you some stuff about the past, the present, the future, etc. Great, great. Yeah. I, well, thank you for having had that uh, episode as your first episode. I'm, I must say, I had not remembered that talk until you guys t- spoke about it and uh, the snippets. And I appreciated your commentary. Um, let's see. I'm a sociologist. I live in California. I'm in the Bay Area. I'm uh, director of the Social Media Research Foundation. We're a not for profit that makes tools for education and scientific uh, research purposes. And our goal is to produce tools that will enable um, the social scientists out there who are not software developers to be able to sort of play in this space that you know it has become the big data space, the social computing space. Uh, but the cost of entry has been you know sort of the mastery of a whole stack of technologies, including Python and MySQL and, and other things down the pike. Uh, and so we are trying to build a kind of like Polaroid camera for taking pictures of crowds that exist only in virtual spaces. So the virtual crowd camera, the, the point and shoot virtual crowd camera. And the goal is to make this sort of scientific instrument that could actually create data sets that would allow scholarship to take place, to let people sort of go around and build the atlas of social cyberspace. That's one metaphor. Uh, another is to think about it as a kind of social accounting software where mm-hmm. what has emerged in social media is a kind of marketplace of ideas. 
but it's an, a, a marketplace with no accountants. And, <laughs> and what would happen in a marketplace with no accountants or accounting software? Well, we can just imagine, right? Uh, oh, yeah. And, and look at what's on Twitter right now. There it is. So yeah. It, yeah. what if we had to bring QuickBooks for hashtags to the audience of concerned others who through some kind of professional association or accreditation, we could create a kind of generally accepted accounting principles for social media. So that would be gas map, the generally accepted social mm. media accounting practices. And so we're not declaring that we've done it, but we are trying to build the kind of quick books or hashtags that might establish a framework for gas map, these generally accepted social media accounting principles. Like if you say, oh, that's fake news and somebody else goes, no, it isn't, fight. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who has the most how, how followers? Do we yeah. what's the, what's, and so if two accountants come to some, you know, like a financial journalist and one says it's going bankrupt and the other one says, you know, record profits, fight. You yeah. know, there is some mechanism out there for adjudicating, well, self-interested claims, motivated reasoning about the world. And what we want are the least motivated reasonings, right? We, we mm -hmm. kind of want the scientists to speak. It's just that their voices are so covered by a cacophony of, well, you know, bullshit. But um, yeah. yeah. And, and so how do we cut through that? We not only need to make claims, we have to bring receipts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We yeah. have to put a tool in the hands of the communications graduate students, the information science graduate students, the political science graduate students, and, and their faculty, and to kind of establish a community of practice that would say, this is how we could say, and no, that was manipulated, this wasn't. That's right. what manipulation looks like. Because right now we're sitting in a space where there there is such a culture of, of declaring things inaccurate that the only response seems to be, no, it, it is accurate. Uh-huh. And you end up in a playground. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. That doesn't go anywhere, right? So, yeah, if somebody could actually trot out even better than, like, these informal truth meters that a lot of local media companies try, but then they get called biased and then those get blown up. So, yeah, yeah I like okay, that. So how do we kind of get to some ground truth? Well, the whole point is to push us off of ground truth. So we're facing a headwind. It's not just like, well, it should be easy. It's hard because we want a noisy communication channel mm. when, when your message is not popular flood the channel with noise right there are unpopular messages out there and they have sway but they they do it by pushing away a lot of other sounds and other wording like vaccines work masks work it wasn't a hoax you know electoral integrity is probably real but maybe not soon there is certain kinds of truths that those are no longer available to the population as a well. whole. There is no, uh, there is no um, uh, philosopher's stone that you, you could find mm -hmm. out if life would turn to gold or not. We're we're kind of left with a lot of wandering stars instead of north stars. Well, I'm curious about um, uh, your the ideas there because it sounds great. Like we want to enable the scientists with these tools to like better quality qualify these things, quantify these things, and then communicate those. Yeah. But a big part of the problem right now on social media is people don't listen to scientists. They don't listen mm -hmm. to facts. Like, uh, here are, is all of the evidence that climate change is real. Well, the earth is flat 
then that's not true. Like, how do we, like, even if we enable scientists to communicate these things, how do we like break well, through? Let's into define that? success down. Yeah. And, and so let's, let's just assume that we're not going to get sort of the incorrigible 18% of the population mm -hmm. that entertain things like flat earthism, which I'll note that Carl Sagan tells the story about how, you know, Greek people like 4,000 years ago figured out the earth was round, <laughs> shadows went down wells and all sorts of stuff. So people have figured this out a long time ago, not accepting it is part of a tribal process of tribal separation. Mm. You have to believe certain things in order to be in the group. And we all have tribal beliefs that we accept in order to be in the group. Uh, so one way that we might address your concern is to say, we're not going for a perfect world. Mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to clear a slightly less noisy channel for not low information people, but medium information people who would otherwise throw their hands up and go away because it's just too noisy and I'm confused. I'm just not too sure. Okay. Yeah. That so makes I'll give sense. you, a, yeah. I'll give you a, a metaphor that actually involves climate change, well, at least climate. Um, I am imagining there's going to become an ecosystem where people who are like the meteorology community. So there are some people who look good in a, in a dress or a suit and they point mm -hmm. at weather maps, mm -hmm. but behind them are computer scientists and IT professionals and fluid dynamics people and thermodynamics people and you know the whole climate modeling community. And they're every day chewing petabytes of data and spitting out through the National Weather Service these usable nuggets. And then a whole ecosystem of journalism communicates to you, is it going to rain today? Right. You know, sure. thunderstorms or no thunderstorms, hurricane or no hurricane. And of course, one of the things that we saw was a lot of people, because of their doubt in weather, in the whole climate change thing, right. they're told... Big hurricanes coming and a lot of people didn't get out of the way. And so there's a there is this issue of how do you communicate accurate information under conditions that people want to call into doubt a lot of them. I, I really like that uh that analogy though, because it it sounds like it's just an issue of branding. Like we're gonna do all this science and then we gotta get like the right face in front of it. <laughs> yeah, I I think part of the problem is how we communicate it. And if you think about similar ecosystems is the accounting ecosystem i think the sports commentating ecosystem uh mm -hmm. and, and here there would be the social media accounting ecosystem the meteorology mm -hmm. ecosystem uh you know it's the whole financial you know stocks and bonds and so mm -hmm. there, there are these communities that form around these high value and high risk issues mm -hmm. and they communicate and often they disagree and there's profit in that disagreement but, you know, there's a kind of community of discourse around those things. What we're looking to do is enable a kind of meteorologi meteorological study of social media. Yeah. You know? So there's a there's a better opportunity maybe to present the data on the way social media works to, say, Congress, where a bunch of people don't understand that. But if you can say, hey, look, based on this set of standards we've established, this platform is effectively bankrupt as far as having a, a dialogue is concerned. And it's pretty much all off base. And whether or not that works, I don't know. Can we uh, inject conscience into society through new means? Maybe. Um, I have a metaphor for you. Love it. And, and that is what the government should do is not tell the platforms, 
you know, what is right and wrong, but that they need to have what I would think of as safety equipment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. The, the metaphor I'm thinking of are uh, the ways in which the Model T Ford lacked the following features that I find a lot of, well, kind of frightening. <laughs> um, no seatbelts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No roll bar. Maybe no headlights. Uh, no windshield wiper. No windshield. So you're saying we need a license? to use Twitter. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> What we need is a National Highway Transportation Safety Administration to define what an acceptable, safe, public mm -hmm. conveyance is. Right. Not, not there if is... you want to build your own bike or a car and you want to ride it on not public roads, that you can do whatever you right. like. Yeah. And so if you want to have your Discord server and have a couple of thousand people chat, do whatever you like. But when you get to this point, essentially like i want to carry an 18 wheel truck mm -hmm. the state and the government have a right to say well inspections mm -hmm. standards headlights roll bars brakes hydraulics this that the other thing and the, the the book of regulations from the national highway safety transportation authority is like i think there's many many books but we kind of all agree well it's not like the auto manufacturers are not free Mm -hmm. it's not like they're in bondage it's right. ralph nader had his way and unsafe at any speed really proved you're going to need to say safety equipment is mandated the market doesn't like to buy safety equipment governments have to step in and mandate safety equipment and you know if you've been in a public building you look up and you see this uh the fire sprinkler the water mm -hmm. sprinkler and the smoke detector those are there because we have a collective interest in not letting buildings turn into mass fatality events and they, they did routinely and now they don't as much thankfully and and because of the stuff we put in the ceiling is so is there a way that we can uh add these guardrails and things to social media exactly. before there's a mass fatality event because it feels like historically a lot of people have to die and then we go oh this is a problem let's fix it but yes and i'll direct you to the wiki page which is the list of uh steam boiler explosions oh, so okay. the steam engine gets born in like the 1830s and promptly they start exploding right <laughs> And sure. so there is the page for Wikipedia for steam engine. And then there's the one for all the list of all the steam engine explosions. And by the way, the list doesn't end like Fukushima was one of them. Mm -hmm. Right. So steam engines continue to explode. They just explode less frequently and more in sort of catastrophic conditions because we've figured out, oh, release valve. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, all these things that we didn't know about. We added over time and now steam engines are marginally safer but still potentially dangerous like fukushima it's a steam mm -hmm. engine it exploded so what could we do to bolt onto social media well a lot of things one we could have a culture of scrutiny where mm -hmm. there are like in financial markets the people empowered through technology and training to actually watch for the thing the, mm -hmm. the bad thing whatever that is we don't really know what it is we knew so easily we would tell a computer to find it Right. But the platforms yeah. have both the money and the incentive, and they have failed because they want computers to do it. And I'm going to propose that we grow a cadre of humans to do it and create the financial incentive. Now, those are going to be augmented humans. They're going to have tools. Mm -hmm. You're not going to do 
financial and forensic accounting on multinationals with a piece of paper. Right. You're probably going to get yeah. a story, at least. Maybe you've got your own copy of SAP. Maybe you know how to do forensic accounting with, with computers. Great. Now can we build that skill set in another marketplace, the marketplace mm-hmm. of ideas? So one is to grow that cadre. Second is that the platform should enable that cadre of, of, of professional uh, analysts, auditors to have access to that data. And to some extent, Twitter has really improved. Twitter academic API is really a nice thing. And I applaud them because they weren't that great for a while. And it was like very elitist and you had to have the fire hose and you had to have money and you had to do a lot of things. And I think Twitter has done the right thing. And maybe that'll last about 15 minutes before Elon takes the yeah. cube. Oh, God. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, and we can talk about Mr. Musk's, uh, you know, I, I think disingenuous claims uh, about what has happened with bots and, mm-hmm. and the Overton window, but we'll set that aside for a moment. So what else could Twitter do? Just as, And we'll talk about Twitter because it's sort of front and center, but mm-hmm. there are all of the platforms could bolt on the roll bar, uh, the airbag, uh, you know, all the dehumidifier. That one's important because you oh, can't really? see on the bottom. Sure. Uh, and what would those be? Uh, we've proposed a model where in Twitter, as an example, you can not only follow and unfollow people, mm-hmm. you may now also nominate the people you follow as someone who is your editor. What editors, would that look like? Editors are granted by you the power to actually edit your feed. What does that mean? It means that your editor has the right to delete a tweet or ban a person for them and the people who have accepted them as an editor. And you can select more than one. You can have as many as you like. And if you don't like one, you can revoke it and pick a different one. And so if you think that Trans Canada represents sort of like Greenpeace and, you know, ecology, and then you discover, wait, you're the pipeline company, mm-hmm. you can unselect them. And at any moment, the interface will give you another page that says, these tweets have been suppressed by your editors. And you can mm-hmm. always dip in there and go, oh, my God, or wait, <laughs> that's not right. And then you mm-hmm. can make that person not be your editor. And so what happens? People start competing to be your editor. And some of us eagerly accept them as editor. You know, what if the ACLU was my editor? What if the Southern Law Poverty Center was my editor? What if the Anti-Defamation League was my editor? Doesn't it take all the fun out of, like, racist, misogynist, and anti-Semitic invective when no one can hear you? That's fair. Wow. I mean, it also keeps Kanye West out of trouble, probably, if someone <laughs> can edit him. Uh, well, by edit, well, he yeah. must be quickly silenced for those people who don't want to hear him, and they mm-hmm. would not have to bear the individual cost of a collective problem. They yeah. could say, those people represent my values. I'm going to let them decide. And when they stop representing my values, I will change my mind. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So an editor is more like, uh, it's more like a, like a distributed collaborative, like curator, like you've got like your own think tank for your That's right. Feed. That's right. And a lot of people would want to do this. In fact, everybody can do it because when you come across the tweet that makes you go now i don't like that tweet and not only don't i like that tweet i don't like that person i think that person's no good the tweet's no good i'm going to delete the tweet delete the person yeah all the people who have said you know what kelly i trust you if you think that i think that right well 
You might have one person who did that. You might have a million people who did that, but your power grows and shrinks with your ability mm. to make decisions other people agree with. And who's the censor? We all are. So you know, I wonder, yeah. one of the like great joys on Twitter, not for me, it uh, stresses <laughs> me out, but like <laughs> broadly speaking for Twitter users is the concept of the dunk tweet. So you retweet somebody who said something stupid that you just can't believe and you want to make fun of it. And that's like a double-edged sword, right? Like maybe you get all of the likes and you get all of the serotonin and you get all of the followers, but at the same time, you're amplifying this, like maybe like at best it's somebody's goof, you know, like at Mm -hmm. best you're making fun of somebody who like didn't think all the way before they finished their tweet. And at worst you're amplifying like really heinous users on Twitter. So like, how do you see that playing into this concept because um like I, I can see I don't know like for example my Twitter feed I primarily follow comedians and most of them you know were radicalized <laughs> since 2016 or whatever so I get their jokes and I want them here and I want them to be my editor you would but... never have to give that up okay never ever I, so, so how do I weed I through like their joke tweet versus their dunk uh... tweet Oh, well, you know, I don't know that we would do it at that level. What would happen is, let's just say you you like 100 comedians, but you've really granted 10 of them editor status, mm-hmm. curator mm-hmm. status. Uh, and, and one of the other 90 has done this dunk tweet. What you now have to face is, did any of my 10 decide that that was not acceptable? Right. If so, right. you're not going to see it. And if you didn't like not seeing it, you may have to revoke their choice, okay. you know, your choice of, of them as an editor. So I have seen this interesting diagram about why masks alone are not enough, but masks are good. And it's the, mm. the metaphor of multiple pieces of Swiss cheese. Right. Yeah. You mm. get enough layers in there and something's going to get trapped. Things are going to get stuck. They'll get through this hole, but they won't get through that hole and so on. So that's sort of the idea. You now have uh, elected 10 of these editor curators, Content has to now navigate through those 10 people. Now, you may mm. think, well, I didn't like their choices. No problem. Mistakes were made. Revoke them. Mm-hmm. They're How not many, I'm interested in your thoughts. How many people do you think are going to want that? like high touch of an experience on Twitter? Like how many people are really in there thinking about their feed and how many people are like, well, I just want to scroll. I just want to see what's happening. Sure, sure, sure. Well, this is this only requires that you tap one more time at the follow moment. Mm-hmm. And you go, I get a lot, loving it. Give me more. Oh, are they also my moral leader and authority? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And then yeah. maybe, maybe not. Uh, so once done, you never really have to do that much again. Unless you want to that, further edit. Yeah, okay. You can go and look at your edited tweets page and you could decide oh look this was edited uh nate said i shouldn't see this tweet uh, about kelly but i disagree so i'm going to stop letting nate make my choices mm. for me but i'm mm. discovering that chelsea's content is really kind of on the beam with me and i'm going to now make her an additional editor so i have a little mm. you know pantheon of editors i add and delete them as time goes on um, and they, and, and in part, because I, my interests change when I get over and I'm really interested in retirement or something, I need a different set of people. They're not as relevant as my, like, keep me away from the people who tell me that being woke is a bad thing. So just 
keep that away over there because I, I don't understand why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so understand. so what I'm so what I'm kind of hearing, and this this might be a bad a bad uh, summary, is that there on one hand this sounds like a really cool way to sort of circumvent and undermine the concept of cancel culture, which is totally bullshit, and like accountability's always always existed. But this yeah. would say like no, nobody's canceling you, right. but you know because no one's canceling you only the people who you let see your stuff and who get through your curators uh are right. are giving you information so there's not there's not a, an individual sensor the there's not the, a single bottleneck and it isn't the distant you know, liberals i've never met one in california who right. you know uh <laughs> it, it isn't the king makes the choices it's right. pick your pick your jury really yeah it's it's mm. pick your speed dial and they decide who, that's right. who gets to leave a voicemail which i that's interesting how does this how does this circumvent or prevent the further sort of cultural siloing that we're seeing go oh. on where like everybody picks donald trump and ben shapiro to be their editor and See, so suddenly yes. they only get Some that will. content Some i will. think that there are going to be like super pack editors like yeah, like Biden has an editor and you can subscribe to him or whatever like how right. how, how yeah, do you see this right. growing but that that I think is an acceptable thing and again we're we're not trying to reach the 100% solution we're right. we're trying to clear the middle channel for the medium information consumer not the low information consumer not the high information consumer there's the person who's like yeah look I'm going to watch the news I'm going to mm -hmm. read a paper okay tell me what's going on help me make a decision they are being bombarded. Now, mm -hmm. if you have already got in your medicine cabinet both hydroxychloroquine and, uh, and vermectin, mm -hmm. I think you're going to pick as your editors the people who are going to encourage you to think that that was a very wise purchase. Yeah. Well, well, maybe I have a pet horse that you're not accounting for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got I don't know words. why you're giving, keeping it stuff in your medicine cabinet, but you know. Okay. The horse lives in. You just want to um. you, you bring you bring somebody over. You know they're going to peep the medicine cabinet. You just want to keep them on their toes. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I'm so, trying to see who's going to confront me in my own home. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. So okay. So the uh, real story from my life is my father. Since he has been on Facebook, he's 70 years old. Has started to like. He will call me and say, "Hey, son." Is this thing that my friend posted real or not? How can I tell? You're his Should editor. I repost it? And so I'm You're acting his as his editor in this case. Right. He's he's that's entrusting right. me to go. Yeah. No, that's bullshit. Like when that's he right. Right. asked about like the maybe he should choose as and, and not and I'm sure as a, a loyal son, you're a good source. But he might also have uh, a brother, a cousin. He might have a mm. friend who's at a university. He might have a religious leader that he trusts. Yeah. Absolutely. I think everybody should choose their own. See, I like, I like this getting hyper local and not being about celebrity. I think it works yeah. really well if it's like my actual people are going to help me navigate this. Like we're instead of the blind leading the blind as it is now, it would be like, hey, we're all trying to be sighted together. That's <laughs> a right. little bit. That's right. And, and <laughs> I think it will end up skewing so that organizations with budgets will have more energy to devote to the yeah. scrubbing of the feed. And I accept that. And I understand that the super PAC will have a huge one, but so will the, you know, all, the list of the ones that we agree with versus the list of the ones that we don't agree with. And, and, and so I, I think there is a valid point though. What happens if this creates ever more uh, self-referential filter bubbles? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I say, 
Yes, that's a concern. First, though, let's think about the opposite, which is the invasion from, let's say, the flat earthers into yeah. science discourse, and there's no way to repel it. Right. Yeah, we see that a lot on like, uh, you hear it most, or at least I hear it most about like YouTube and the autoplay algorithm and how mm-hmm. like, especially Going super down the vul- exactly like super vulnerable yeah. groups are getting this like crazy yeah. information. Somebody watches PewDiePie and then suddenly they're learning to, yeah. Yeah, to make a bomb. <laughs> to say swear words on a and live are, feed. Um, <laughs> there's a radicalization rabbit hole that you go down yeah. and I, 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 I agree. And, and we have a tool in Node Excel that will now uh, not only talk about Twitter, but it also extracts videos. And given a few videos, it finds out which videos those videos are recommended by two oh. and then follows those recommendations and those recommendations and i have had this experience i have i don't have it here but you know, i have a picture of like a picture taken by apollo uh you know of going around the moon and seeing the earth rise it's a famous picture earth rise yeah. that picture matters mm-hmm. a lot to me i kind of i i'm born in the mid 60s there's a, a lot of impact that apollo had so when I go and look at moon landing videos and YouTube starts giving me hoax videos, mm-hmm. truly upsets me. I don't really want to even, and, and, and to know that if I watch one, it'll give me another one. It's yeah. like, ooh, kryptonite, get it away from me. Right. So I, we also are tuning our tools to look at video networks. And, and uh, one of the new things that's being worked on right now with our new guy is um, uh, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Spotify is very interesting because it's where podcasts go to live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. Oh, so not subscribe just... to this show on Spotify, please. Please, <laughs> five stars. Leave a review. Thank you. Right. Right. Uh, like, subscribe, and what was the other thing? Ring the bell. Notifications. <laughs> Don't miss an episode. There you go. Um, so, so you know, YouTube also needs scrutiny. It, but it also needs to be able to defend itself from the fact that humans don't all agree right mm. and so and we don't want there to only be the lowest common denominator uh, and, and i i'm i remember when uh the united arab emirates banned uh flicker because it was a porn mm. <gasps> wow oh. flicker got that brand and so and then a lot of people kind of looked at it and said that's not where the porn is. And so totally on Tumblr. Tumblr. Come on. And so, but the idea that, well, no, look at how many pictures of women with their sleeve, you know, their shoulders exposed. No. And, oh. and it's like, look, this is my culture. And, and we, and I think sitting in Silicon Valley or in the West, we kind of go, Oh, you people. Go burn. <laughs> that's not how things are. But I don't think it should work that way. If mm-hmm. that's how their values work, let them have their values. But that then leads to the, what about the group whose values I cannot tolerate? Right. Sure. That's where we're back at the filter bubble bad thing. It's not, yeah. well, I want to be able to hold back the invasion of this stuff. When I go to teach orbital mechanics, should that discourse be stamped out by the flat earthers? Mm. Right. When I right. teach virology and immunology, should that be stamped out by the anti-vaxxers? And so the idea that cyberspace or social media is sort of like this flat, universal, like endless, featureless void, and everything's happening in all one place, it, it, and that we have to have one standard of behavior, it's not true. 
right? I mean, yeah. Amazon figured out how to charge tax in every tax jurisdiction, even in the, when they said they couldn't possibly, they figured that out. So we yeah, need it's goofy in Colorado, by the way. I get like an extra 27 cent charge for everything. And it's like a separate charge on my credit card. It's stupid. Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> they're good at it. They're good at it. So we should recognize that venues in social media are social venues and that the hosts of venues are responsible for and I'm not saying it's that Section 230 should be struck down, although, I mean, we can talk. Um, but you have to have some responsibility for what happens in your restaurant, let's say. If it becomes notorious as the place to go and get illegal substances or to, you know, it, it routinely ends up having violent confrontations that involve law enforcement. Typically, it gets shut down in some way. There's legal liability. Yeah, if you if you Insurance serve people who are intoxicated and they go and get in a drunk driving accident, like you you can be liable for that. There is liability. So we are in this moment where we don't really want to give away Section 230 too quickly because mm -hmm. you know what speech will not be legitimate. I mean, drag queens will be gone immediately. They'll just be gone. Right. And so uh, the question we're really coming to is how do we adjudicate and legislate difference and conflict in social media when it seems like we're all neighbors and we don't want to be? Hmm. And that's possibly okay. It would be better to let the people who really do want to retreat from one another to do so. Uh, and I understand that, well, wait a second, do we really want to turn our backs on that and let things grow that we don't, you know, maybe not. That's where the accountants are for. Uh, that 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 you know somebody should keep an eye on things, but so some people want our mode. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say some people want to stay in the cave and keep watching the shadow play, and some people don't. Depending, like right, right, right. basically, like your your engagement with the internet should be I well ideally could be more of like I want to go get what I want to go get, not I'm going into a a, a, a mosh pit of yeah, like an opt in forward rather yeah, than an opt-out yeah. where situation which is what we're kind of in now yeah yeah but it's um, paid for by convincing you to click on something that causes money to transfer yeah that's what fuels it and so you know i, I understood that uh facebook was making about ten dollars per user and i have a 20 in my pocket right now mr zuckerberg it's yours just work for me instead yeah come on man <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. he knows not enough of us will opt in. Right. Mm -hmm. It's better to sell attention than to be paid for what services could the entire team of Facebook actually perform on my behalf? I can imagine a few. Well, I think that that's a huge part of it, too, right? Is like if it become if Facebook became like a subscription model, then now exactly like you said, he's working for us. He has to listen to us. He has to like listen to what our wants and needs are. And then that is like snake eating its tail. Like you go back to it and then it's this huge discordant group where people can't agree. So instead you, you know, work with the advertisers who have the one goal and That's right. you That's work right. it that yeah. way. Yeah. Let so it, it fragment into the five different platforms that, you know, sort of kind of fit the, the hundred thousand different interest groups or maybe 500,000 interest groups, you know, can the macrame people get along with the quilters? That's the real question. Mm -hmm. um, okay. As both. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's hope. 
the, the I'm actually, I'm actually not either. I do knit though. And this is uh, interesting. I don't know if any of you were privy to this, but a few years ago, I think it was even at the start of the pandemic, there was like a huge outcry in the knitting online social community because uh, there was like, a, I don't want to use past tense. There is still a lot of like racism in the online knitting community. Mm. Some of it is ignorance and then some of it is like pretty it seems pretty egregious i don't know like for example a a big um catalyst in this particular outcry was there was a a very famous knitting blog who was publishing a new set of patterns a new collection of patterns curated beautiful and the concept was black and white and they hired these very very dark-skinned models to model all of their white knitting and that was troubling to a lot of people yeah and so it like sparked this huge conversation so Mm -hmm. i don't know you brought up textiles and then i had to go on a knitting rant i apologize but like (laughs) even even these like mundane you you know you hear knitting social media and you think oh that's just gonna be like old biddies talking about granny squares but no it's like (laughs) it's complicated there too it's fractal it goes everywhere yeah Mm -hmm. I, i think what we're looking for are ways of establishing spaces where the rules of engagement can be known and chosen from Mm -hmm. like some bars i'm not going in for sure yeah um i'm happy to go visit and you know it may be that some make me feel unsafe and okay maybe they should all make me feel safe but at least i have the ability to choose which ones i want to spend time in uh, and, and what I would like to see then is that these groups have that autonomy to set these normative structures and be able to resist invasion. And I understand, won't they then gestate the bad ideas? I get it. But we can't completely give up the ability to have conversations that we consider to be the good ideas uh, just because we're afraid of the bad ideas. And- so I think it, I absolutely agree. 100% agree. Like, Yes, we need to choose our groups and choose our values and like stick to those. Um, I do wonder though, I totally lost my train of thought. I, oh no, oh no, I got nervous and then <laughs> I forgot. Breath, it comes back. <laughs> Relax. Uh, good ideas always come back. I got it. <laughs> oh, good. See, there you go. <laughs> Well, and it was that it was what you said. I think that we should want more from social media. And I think that we take it a step back. I think that we should want more from human individuals. And so mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, like using this as education, using your work as education. And like, can we get into the ideas of like media literacy? How do we yeah. because I think that a lot of the like conflict between groups can be quelled or softened at least by like a base level of media literacy and chelsea and i talk about this all the time like this needs to be taught in schools at this point like how to evaluate your sources how to like think critically about things so like how i just want to ask you this question though yeah will we most reduce vehicle-based injuries highway fatalities by improving driver ed Mm. Or by mandating uh, better high beams, better roll car cages, better airbags, better safety belts. You know, in other words, 
given the flawed nature of humanity, where would you best invest? Reducing the flaws of humanity or designing architectures that are resilient to those flaws? I guess I worry that this is where the um, analogy sort of falls apart for me Mm -hmm. because cars are machinery and they aren't like evolving out from under us, you know, like I don't have to worry about keeping up with my car for now. Like one day they're all going to be software and we'll all be digital in a cyberspace. And that's another, we'll get there (laughs) when we get there. But for today, like my car didn't, you know, inspire January 6th in the middle of the night. And then I have to go out there (laughs) to my driveway and be like, what the fuck happened? Whereas like (laughs) my social media group might do that. Yeah. Right. Your car doesn't uh, your car doesn't yes. get into a group that says like, oh, green lights actually mean stop and red lights mean go now. So yeah. I'm going to do this. Which, For now, yeah, those Teslas mm, might, sure. though. Do you feel me? Yeah, that's <laughs> true. The Teslas might. With an over-the-air update. Um, so let's see if we can uh, unpick this a bit. Um, I see cars as evolving because over time, insurance companies get tired of paying uh their payments for accidents and and injuries. But the overtime is like a much longer time horizon. And and it is true that we are facing sort of a future shock, that the rate of change of the rate of change is changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yes, we look at like 19, like I think it's like uh, 1911 Model T. And then these days I've got a car with a lot of opinions. <laughs> it beeps. It, bu- it buzzes. Uh, it change my oil. <laughs> well, mine has no oil, so. Oh, nice! You're better than me. I'm You're slug. Than me. I have. <laughs> um, but it has a lot of opinions. So, so I guess I want to say that uh, yes, it gave. We had more time to evolve, but a lot of people paid with blood and, and, and lives. You know, if you look at unsafe at any speed. The history of pedestrians is fascinating and the and the protests about it and everything, because we didn't used to like people weren't used to cars driving through roads in cities. So people just got run over. I'm still not used to it. (laughs) I'm totally not. The idea of jaywalking was invented by the automotive industry. It meant jays were people from the country. Bumpkins, yeah. The idea that you're at fault for being hit by a car because you walked across the street, which, you know, okay, so. I want to say that cars did evolve over time towards safer and now maybe a little cleaner uh, technologies and that we have social media and that's our vehicle. It's it, We're all driving cars on the information superhighway, said mm-hmm. Al Gore. And so <laughs> how can we change that vehicle? When we join a Discord group or join a, a, a text chat on some other platform, how could we, or, or when we're in a hashtag on a really big platform, what should we tell those platforms should be there as affordances to protect us and our communities that they don't have now, that we, we don't necessarily have to tell them that they should use it, but these tools should be there for the users to use in the same way that when I go to a hotel, I see the handle that says fire alarm. I see a sign that says fire and escape this way. I, I see a lot of stuff that costs money that was all about avoiding a lot of us dying in a fire overnight. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. great. And, and, and how that happened, insurance companies. It, it turns out insurance companies are going to be the savior of social media. As soon as somebody, and I think this is maybe why 
230 does have to change. There has to be liability because once there's liability, there's insurance. Once there's insurance, there's a new actor that creates pressure backwards to mitigate liability. Now, is, is that the best outcome? I don't think so. I, I, I think if we if we suddenly if speech is expensive, only rich people will have speech. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And yet when everybody can afford speech, speech becomes low quality. So how can we have high quality, low cost speech? That's a conundrum. Well, maybe if there's an internal structure, this layers of Swiss cheese that limit mm -hmm. the, the transmission of information in a way that is in alignment with our values. We say no to kings. We say no to despots. We say no to faceless bureaucrats. We say no to, you know, people in the phone company who makes rules about us. You know, Lily Tomlin, I, I, I love the line uh, Lily Tomlin used to say as Ernestine, the operator, mm -hmm. we're the phone company. We don't care. We don't have to. <laughs> I uh, use that in my job all the time. I tell people I'm just a plumber because my job, I'm in big data. You mentioned it earlier. That's what I do. And so I just ship your data. I don't look at it. I make sure that you follow the rules. And so when people are like, why is my data bad? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just the plumber. That's I'm Lily Tomlin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the plumber. Gravity happens. Your yep. shit goes where it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we we can, I think, imagine better futures. It's hard, but there are better futures. And if you don't imagine a better future, you'll never get it. Now, absolutely, you, yeah. it, you may not get it either, but I guarantee you don't back into better futures just by accident. Right. Mm -hmm. We're not going to wake up one day and be like, oh, Twitter fixed it. Yeah, <laughs> wait, Mark, wait. Mark, woke up, Mark was visited by three ghosts in the night and he's decided <laughs> that... He's going to run it like a traditional network and pay us content creators for what well, we Well, have we considered that? Have we considered Ouija boards and contacting the afterlife and hiring ghosts? Or to visit Mr. Zuckerberg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know any cryptozoologists, Mark? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, need a well, big foot to, people to who are into it. crypto. Uh, <laughs> uh, and maybe they could be in a zoo. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm sensing a gap in the industry and I am ready to fill it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Should so, we uh, should we jump back to the past briefly? Because I know we're gonna we're gonna lose you pretty soon here, Mark. I, we, we got a little bit of time left, and you offered over Twitter very nicely to tell us what Usenet is. So I would love <laughs> to to get a rundown on what Usenet is, was, yeah, and uh, and could be. I guess it's still around. Black and white, green screen, yellow phosphor. Um, I like to refer to it as the used to use net. As in a lot of people who do remember it used to use it, but don't anymore. You it did tell that joke just... in the in the conference <laughs> talk we did. <laughs> something years later. So you do like to use it. that, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It holds up. Uh, it was a distributed database with no central authority mm -hmm. that exchanged messages in compliance with two different RFC protocols, I wish I could actually, it was like 496 and 1024. I, I can't remember the RFC numbers. That was a long time ago. But they basically say, make your messages shaped like this and exchange them like mm -hmm. that. Those are the two protocols. Okay. And it enabled the emergence of, at its maximum, we were collecting about 180,000 different news groups. 
So think mm-hmm. about Facebook groups. This yeah. is you know, the early internet, 180,000 was a big thing. Inside those groups were exchanged. We collected somewhere on the order of two and a half billion messages. We didn't necessarily see all of them. So there were more of them and there were, you know, so there were billions of messages being exchanged by hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people around the world in a time when computers were big, heavy things. Wait, and sorry, you- what's the, what was the rate on that? Billions of messages over. How oh long? yeah, yeah. That oh, I collected that over about ten years. Gotcha. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were getting message rates at about three to five million a day. Okay. And that accumulated and grew and peaked and then collapsed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what made it collapse? Like, like every empire. Seven mm-hmm. uh, made it collapse. There was a period where it ballooned. Because groups.google.com became the user interface. Well, there was a thing called Deja News. Okay. Deja News was the first thing to index Usenet. And that set off repercussions that you would not believe. Because suddenly things you said that you regret did not just evaporate after two weeks. They became part of the permanent record. Mm -hmm. And so chaos ensued, I assure you. So Uh, when you say indexed, you don't mean like pointers to where to go find it now you mean like an archive i mean like the kind of search you and i now live with every day like where's the search box we say to ourselves yeah Uh, like of course i just throw you know five random words into a search box that's how the internet works that was new then that was Mm -hmm. google looking at deja deciding yeah we're we're rich we have big servers we Mm -hmm. can do that well we'll do that and so they buy deja and then they become groups.google. And for a while, it runs and runs and runs. And then somebody at Google, I'm pretty sure, goes, liability. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was all kinds of naughty stuff in Usenet. And then I'm sure another lawyer came <laughs> around and said, where's the revenue model? Mm-hmm. There's, no, yeah. there's no upside. Yeah. There's only downside. What are we doing here? Why are we doing this? And so it, then groups.google just got terminated. And then it was as if this whole, like, like Alderaan was snuffed out in a moment. You know, mm-hmm. it, was just, it was just gone. Billions of messages, just gone. Wow. And there are fragments all over the place. Internet Archive has pieces of it. But, and we, and Internet Archive even has old pictures of our old interface to it, NetScan, where we were doing the first early versions of social accounting, like, how many messages in each news group? How many people in each news group? How many of those people reply rather than initiate? How deep do the threads get? How broad do the threads get? How fast are these threads? And we found some fascinating things. We, we found that there were whole kinds of news groups where threads were always initiated by different people and answered by a very small group of people. And they mm-hmm. were only usually a message and, an, and a reply. And we call these answer groups. These were the technical support. How come I can't print? How come I can't do this? How come I can't do that? Where do I do this? And people would answer. Did you try turning it off and back on again? That's the answer. That's how you do it. That's it. (laughs) I feel like I see that that pattern very frequently, like day to day in Slack groups at work, like a thousand different different Slack threads. Yeah, they have structures and they're not all the same. And even within one domain, let's say like hashtags or or within Twitter, hashtags are not all the same. Mm -hmm. And so there is now, I guess, more recently uh, work that you can find on uh, by Googling the words Pew Internet Node XL. 
And that gives you a report that we published with our colleagues at Pew. And it basically says, we went and looked at the network structure of thousands of hashtags and we found that they come in six shapes. That's bonkers, right? To think about that. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. I want to hear what, what else you have to say. I just That's science crazy. though, right? Yeah. Out yeah. of infinite complexity, a certain number of patterns recur. We love a pattern. That's right. And so we found the patterns. Now we're not saying that we can't find more patterns. Sure. We would just say like the periodic table of the elements, all this is more like molecular structure. So the metaphor doesn't quite fit. Um, let's go find them. Let's mm -hmm. go find them. And so yeah. if we were better at documenting the structures of social media, then we would be better at identifying the abnormalities yeah. that come with manipulation. And so in order to know what's normal, in order to know what's abnormal, you're going to first need to know what's normal. And so Usenet was the first place where this sort of public social media got bigger than it had before. It, it existed before, but it existed in things called email lists in BitNet, uh, on ARPANET and BitNet. And so ARPANET was firstly, you know, just military and contractors, and then BitNet sort of expanded to sort of humanities and, you know, the, the institutes of higher education. Uh, but Usenet kind of broke over that barrier and actually started leaking. It, it, it certainly grew across the university to university linkages, but then private companies could join too, because it was an open protocol and anybody who could afford the server right. could do it. And people who were engaged in technical pursuits valued it. And those technical people also valued other pursuits that they also discussed in Usenet. Sure. And, you know, alt.rock uh, and roll, alt.music.rock and roll, alt.sex. I'll fill in the blank, uh, mm -hmm. alt.drugs.fill in the blank. So sex and drugs and rock and roll and Microsoft.public.windows.office. <laughs> <laughs> I know which ones I'm joining. But now, yeah, humans at their root, like we are social creatures. Wherever we are, we're going to figure out communities. And we're all trying to figure out how to do drugs and have sex with Clippy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think if you say that to him, he might reply. And, and I don't know. So, so with this before. Maybe Clippy could talk it over. With yeah, I think we need to isolate <laughs> Clippy so that we don't have like a... a a, a major AI moment where that that's just the, the shattering of the barriers. The singularity is nigh. Yeah. <laughs> started with Clippy. Who would have guessed it? <laughs> well, and the, the sad story on Clippy is that they put it in testing and it would only pop up when it was really, really sure that it was right. Oh. And the testing people said, it doesn't pop up. We can't test it. Make it pop up. Oh. oh. And then everybody it hated it for up, popping up. It was up. often wrong, you know. It, you know, it, it, yeah, yeah. You had like and, imposter syndrome. Was like, I don't know. I feel like it's wrong, but yeah, I'm just not a sure. little neurotic, anxious Clippy behind the scenes, <laughs> oh. waiting in the wings. There's a little Clippy inside us all. Yeah. So social media has been a reflection of all of our social problems as a species from the get-go. Conflict emerged right away. The snake is in the garden. It's part of the garden. It's part of the default settings of the garden. Mm -hmm. We're just experiencing what happens when we go through phase changes as we go from 
thousands to millions to millions that are only within a certain bounded set of socioeconomic situations, their military, their government, their higher education. And then boom, uh, I think it was 1993 was the September that never ended. Uh, that's when mm-hmm. AOL connected to Usenet. Uh, oh, wow. uh, everybody's grandmother suddenly was posting is this thing on oh no grandma <laughs> and, and so you know aol dumped millions of users into a social space because it was mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. but that meant and they, they called it the september that never ended because it had existed as a system for maybe 10 years prior and every september new freshmen would arrive mm. and it would take months to sort of socialize them into the ways of the Usenet. And then such a large torrent of new users arrived who had no context, no common socioeconomic status at all. And this was called the September that never ended because it was impossible now to reassert the norms that had existed before. Mm-hmm. Don't post too much. Don't ask the question. Read the fact. Do these read things. The fact. Read the fact. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. you know rtfm exactly thank you (laughs) (laughs) so so that ended because of a sociological force it it, it basically there is a mechanism of socialization it can take in new uh members and socialize them to a certain uh, Hmm. point and then when you put too much through it it overwhelms that system you can't socialize those people and a new set of norms and social expectations emerges and those expectations are, I thought I was paying for this. <laughs> How come this isn't uh, working the way I want it to? Oh, wow. And well, so that was nice. Use it better. 2007, we get uh, Google and the iPhone. When mm-hmm. is Facebook? I think it's 2007. It's it about been right. Six. Yeah. Six. Oh, yeah, yeah. I might, I think, I might well, have when been does it become six. public. Yeah, it might have been like 2003, 2004 at Harvard. But I guess when is the public able to access Facebook? Yeah, I, think- I was just thinking I had it in high school and I graduated high school 2007. So okay, there you go. So 2007, six or, six or seven. Cool. Yeah, because prior to that, you had to be at Harvard or at Columbia or yeah. something mm-hmm. about a narrow socioeconomic uh, status. So now we've gone through yet another set of phase changes. It's not millions. It's now billions. Yeah. Yeah. And. The, the people who are like ISIS and Russia and Ukraine and uh, the Scientologists and oh, I, I shouldn't even say their names. You know, all these people are now <laughs> we'll saying, bleep it, we'll bleep it. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's rubbing up against each other. And how do we adjudicate the different expectations and what happens when they invade and how do you repel and how do you assert your norms? And mm-hmm. we know that it is possible that groups of people using technology can create collective value. That's great. We also know that groups of people working collectively through computation can create harm. Yeah. Yeah. And the norms of don't do that aren't enough. And so we do need to create sort of the framework for channeling human behavior so that it's harder to do the bad things and better to do the good things. That, to me, is sort of the definition of civilization, sort of incentives that make it so that you tend to do the good things. You know, locks keep honest people honest, that kind of thing. You don't you don't want to break the law. So you kind of go along. Everything goes appropriately. So we we kind of need to bring that set of affordances back into social media so that we can say, look, that doesn't happen. We don't do that here. 
Right. Yeah. Have that not happen and and not have it be that it's always an individual cost that a a hundred million people all have to say, not to me, buddy, but maybe only a few thousand people have to go, oh yeah, we're not letting that happen. (laughs) You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And so where's the fool me twice button? You know, mm-hmm. I've seen this before. I know I don't want to see it again. You know, yeah. I, if I see the tweet that tells me that, you know, Ukraine wasn't really a country. Well, I don't know. I, that kind of creepy right now. I, I don't think anybody really. That's kind of creepy. I, I, that might be enough for me to put you on, in my edit list as no more of you. Mm-hmm. And if you Absolutely. think I, maybe I made the right choice. Maybe you trust me. You can follow my edit wake. Mm-hmm. And when you don't trust me, you can revoke it. And I, I kind of like it. I, I don't want a bureaucrat. I don't want a dictator either. either. No. Yeah. Yeah. So this, I think, actually allows us to all talk to each other and say, who do we value? And that may even increase their power, because if you can't get it past, let's say, the ACLU or the NAACP, I don't hear it. Well, right. you have to mm-hmm. negotiate with those guys now. It's going to have to be acceptable to them for you to get to me. And maybe I'm a good purchaser. Maybe you really want me, mm-hmm. but you can't have me unless you make them happy. And that's oh, no. Important. And that's going to happen. We're going to get these big, these big super packs of editors and we're going to pay them to get our tweets through. Oh, no. Sorry. I th- I don't know if this is mental illness or software development or both, but <laughs> my I always Spiral. go to like, how are we going to do this wrong? How are we going to misuse yeah. this? Are there going to abuse it? Order problems? Yeah, I agree. There are second order problems. People added halogen lights to their cars. They blinded oncoming uh, drivers. Yeah. yeah. So I and I am not. But they're not all. the majority. That's right. Well, now we say no more halogen lights. They have to, you know, they have to point down. They have to mm-hmm. be like this. They can't be that bright. They have. you know. So now we got to work on those LED lights. Those are still too bright. <laughs> they are. And they're the wrong color. Apparently, They're making us all have bad sleep. So yes, I feel that. I, although maybe that's good it's for nighttime good. driving. That's oh. a big point. But light pollution for all the animals near it. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Let's think about the animals. Think about the animals. <laughs> the more iteration over improvements, and, and and I think the first step is recognition of the failure conditions. How many people had to fly off embankments on highways before we put crash barriers up? Right. Yeah. How yeah. many cars rolled over before we put roll bars in them? How many people flew through windshields before we put the safety belts on them? And and these are metaphors because we don't have a safety belt for Twitter, but Mm -hmm. we can start to open a category for, well, what are the affordances that allow a community to establish its norms and assert them without harming others, without necessarily telling people in another culture, you're wrong, I'm right, do it my way. It's, this is how I believe it's going to be this way for me. Uh, I kind of let, you know, let a thousand flowers, but, um, or a thousand light, that's the more appropriate. (laughs) So I'm looking for people to be more into the, in the various roles in that ecosystem. They're sort of like the weather presenter. They know Mm -hmm. how to say it all smoothly and get the graphics done nice. Then there's the sort of data modeler and the people who are working on the analysis pipeline. And, and so there is there is a community, uh, multiple communities, there's an ecosystem of people who could make social media better, uh, but now we have to also add, how do we incentivize it? Where does the funding come mm-hmm. from? Where do the resources come from? 
And I'd rather see legal obligation to sort of be open and to provide certain kinds of affordances. You know, if you want to have a restaurant, there has to be a bathroom. It has to be ADA compliant. There has to be lighting. There has to be, uh, you know, a smoke uh, detector. That the, These lists of gotta haves may sound like the end of freedom, but they actually enable freedom. Yeah. 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 The, the compliance with the ADA means that not only disabled people, but, you know, people who are pushing strollers also get new affordances. And so providing these affordances for communities, I think, would make everybody better off and, in fact, more free because you could go and find the community for the people who have, let's say, a marginal identity, but you could go there and be safe. Because mm-hmm. the rules for it were structured in a way that you weren't going to now be crucified for the, your, your claim to this racial or you know sexual mm-hmm. or political identity. And that means them, too. That means, quote, them, whatever they are, too. And, and, and that's the big question. Is giving up trying to convince them that they're wrong worth being able to convince ourselves we're right and, and to go mm-hmm. back into community with people? Um, I think it all comes down to what do you, what happens when you play games with people who are not playing the game in good faith, right? Yeah, yeah. Valid. Mm-hmm. And Which what do you what do? We're all doing every day when we're on Twitter yeah. right now. <laughs> right. There's a lot of people who aren't who they say they are, and they're not playing in good faith. And uh, when I was in graduate school, I was taught by a guy named Peter Kolick, K O L L O C K Kolick, and he studied how different strategies of engagement could interact with each other and how like you could have an island of these strategies all playing harmoniously with each other, but they could be invaded by a strategy that would like exploit their trust and not reciprocate. Mm. And then Mm. these were done in computer models and you could look at sort of the equilibrium point, like uh, will the trusting people be eaten alive by the untrusting people? And Mm. the answer is yes. Yeah. Mm. But one of the things that allows colonies of essentially people who are in good faith with each other to survive is the ability to discriminate against the people who are not in good faith. Right. Yeah. And if so, the dodos knew how to like. Yeah, run away. Yeah. Get together, <laughs> run away. Stop. <laughs> Stop walking up and being being nice little happy birds. That's right. They were tasty, though, I understand. It sounds um, like. Yeah. With a little jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's not a yeah, yeah, that's not a good evolutionary example, but we, we want something that <laughs> is robust. And you know, I, I understand that the private telegram and signal chats that are filled with scary people are scary. Um and, and that that's a concern. But there are lots of places where people with good intentions want to form this sort of collective thing, and they need to manage the people who are not good actors and the people who will not comply to their collective understanding of norms. And we need to enable that and accept this kind of federated model of lots of different communities of thought and belief, or what will happen is we will get theirs and it will be important. Right. Right. And so I don't want what Mr. Musk says is his version of free speech, which is I should be free to be exposed to his speech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Agreed. Yeah, free speech is not 
everybody has to hear everything all the time. That's that's not what that ever was supposed to be. And that's exactly what he said it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm concerned by that. And, mm-hmm. and to say that the Overton window, you know, there, there, he put up some cartoon where he's in the middle in time equals one and in time equals two. The Overton window, you know, has so far moved to the left that now he's a right winger. But the Overton window, I think, moved to the right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's very disingenuous in that tweet. You can look it up. The I think it's like Elon Musk Overton window. He's yeah. actually using the word Overton window. It's very disingenuous. Um, it, the whole thing about the bot thing with Twitter, very disingenuous. Yeah. But I, I, as we are, as we might be now commenting uh, about our new emperor and overlord, uh, I must say the rockets are very impressive. And I, if I could afford <laughs> the cars, I would really get one. And uh, I'm sure the robot's going to be a winner. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It looks. It, it looks it, really good. <laughs> very stable, lifelike. Very stable. Yeah. Very stable. Yeah, we should just start um, dating those guys. You know, it's probably safer than. I don't know about that, but. Uh... <laughs> not until they look like Jude Law. There you go. That's not me liking Jude Law. He was in that robot movie where people. Yeah. You AI. Know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it was AI. There were two yeah. that came out at the same time. I get him confused. <laughs> it's either him or Haley Joel Osment. You got to take your pick of robots. To date. Oh, was he the voice he was, of one? Or? He was also, he was in AI. He was the kid in AI. He was a little, oh, little okay. boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. What's the one with um, Will Smith and the robots that don't look like humans? iRobot? Oh, iRobot. Yeah. iRobot. Mm-hmm. And then there's Thank the one, oh, wasn't it? What was the one where the, the kid is a robot and he sleeps? He, he's like, he's underwater for a million years and then he actually gets his wish. It was like some Spielberg robot. Oh yeah, no, that's AI. Yeah. That's that the one that, oh, that's uh, yeah, that Kubrick started filming and then Kubrick died and then Spielberg finished no. it. Yeah. And it became yeah. Pinocchio at the end. Yep. Boy, absolutely. This is a crazy way to learn Spielberg that Spielberg finished dead. it. <laughs> Kubrick would have made a really tra- desperately tragic meditation on what it is to be human. Spielberg's right. like, he gets a mom. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real boy now. Yeah, yeah. It all worked out. <laughs> you just have to be patient. Take that, class warfare. Yeah, um, that's right. Just go to the ocean until everything just take sorts a nap. itself out. <laughs> it all worked out. So uh, you guys are great. I wish you a great deal of success with this project as you move forward. I bet there's a lot of first. In fact, may I give you another first? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the guy who first invented the hyperlink and decided to make it blue. Oh, oh okay. you know who I have on my list is the guy who invented the the graphical pointer. It's what is it called? It's called the something tilt. He made it tilt. The, the mouse pointer? Yeah, the mouse pointer. The mouse it's... pointer? Oh, that's interesting. Uh so not Doug Engelberg. It could be. Maybe it's Engel the Engelberg the Engelberg tw- tilt. I can't remember. I can't remember. It's like in my I don't believe Mr. Engelberg is any, is with us anymore, but uh okay. you know, he might be a tough get. Uh, <laughs> we have a Ouija board. About, it's fine. Uh, thankfully, is with us, and that, that would be Dr. Uh, ben Schneider, then uh, Professor Emeritus of the University of Maryland, who is pr- not only a founding member of my organization and, and the inspiration for Node Excel, but he, he also basically wrote the book on uh, data visualization and uh, user interface design. Oh, awesome! And Whoa, cool. uh, the thing about Ben that I'll say that I, I always admire is that he is inherently a humanist in okay. computing 
and that he is very concerned about the ethical uh, and appropriate uses of the technologies that he's working on, and that that's a a nice change of pace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 100 percent he's a good firster for you i think very we, cool we yes we're gonna we're definitely gonna do that that'll be fun um and and thank you mark for being a humanist about this too i think it's you know one of the things we talked about on our episode was how important and nice it is to hear someone talking about the impacts of these things even back in 2004 right talking about it predicting the things that could go wrong hoping for things to go right uh especially because i think we're all um, both awake and jaded to the fact yeah. that uh, most people who are doing it now are like, hey, how can I get you into a new place inside the internet where I can then sell you stuff and yeah. take advantage of you? And or so, sell you. We're, right. Yeah. 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 And we're and we're all kind of grossed out by it, but it's it's really, um, it's well, it's just beautiful. We got to know. the internet that P.T. Barnum would have built. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We really did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, either that or Procter and Gamble, and uh, so <laughs> we may yet have an opportunity to make a different internet or make this internet different. And it certainly depends on us imagining that it could be so. Yeah. So yeah. I applaud your effort to think what could be better than this. And the minute you say nothing could be better than this, then you're doing so. Wow. Something <laughs> yeah, sure. better than this. Oh man, can you imagine the person who logs onto Twitter and is like, "Nope, no notes. This is exactly what I want." <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I was this brings me joy <laughs> somebody I guess Elon, Elon. yeah oh man <laughs> he's having a blast with it um, right. so thank you so much for being on we appreciate yeah. it and uh, and we'll keep in touch on, on Twitter uh, come yeah, hell or high water yeah more, more stuff's coming thanks so Great. much and I'll be listening to your future episodes Great. thank you very thank much you. we didn't get to any of my questions anybody else so sweaty? good I'm yeah. so yeah. sweaty <laughs> <laughs> um uh, are are you ready to uh to do the mouth guard report yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mouth guard report open wide <laughs> i have i have mouth guard news Oh, I'm excited. Which is, uh, uh, I, I made a, I made an important and somewhat distressing self-discovery. And that oh, is no, that no. my penchant for sunflower seeds, which uh, I, which oh. I eat in the shell. And the fact wait, that I like so, to eat Wait, them. okay, hold on. Wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you say eat in the shell, you mean wait, you're you swallowing the it. shell? No, no, no. I, I, I. That's okay. bad for your appendix. Yeah. Don't do that. I, okay. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it yes. would be bad all the way down. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yes. I but also it, eat them in the shell by this definition, wherein you crack them and eat the seed and discard the shell. Sorry. Yeah, I got a, go I got a big old bag. I put a mouth, I put a wad until... in my cheek and I chew yeah. on them like a squirrel slash baseball player and spit shells out into a cup. And I do this while wait, I'm wait, 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 I have been okay. doing this for so long. I I have an ability. You're I not split like them. spitting out. You have your mulch. process in your mouth. No, where no. I I split out intact. Okay. Intact okay. saliva drenched shells. <sighs> Everything yeah. is fine here. Yeah. Please carry yeah. on. <laughs> um, Wait, so, Kelly, how do you eat them? No, exactly that way. It just when he said that he like gets a handful and chomps on the shells, I was imagining like chomping on the shell. 
Yeah, I was being too vivid mm. with my language and not precise. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I got I was appalled, but but we're we can carry on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, so so I I tend to eat sunflower seeds late at night when say I'm watching uh, an old episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, winding mm. down, getting ready for bed. But uh, I've discovered because I I kind of I took a little break from that and then I picked it back up. So the last couple of nights I keep just like really waking up in the middle of the night and I am just like grinding my ass through oh. my mouth guard. Oh I'm no! Like, oh no! It's because I'm I gotta be I'm doing too much like jaw toning, right? Like I think it's oh. I think I'm like getting my jaw beefed up right before bedtime and then you've it's, been uh, weightlifting. Yeah, your jaw. Yeah. yeah, you're activating. It, you know, we all night flex, right? So it's just the same thing. <laughs> so I I moved over to the side of the bed uh, that's by the wall, and I keep punching the wall in the middle of the night. So I also have a nighttime uh, exercise routine. So I guess we, we all just, have a... You're just, uh, you're kind of karate I keep waking up because I, I just punch the wall, which makes me feel bad because it means that I like... I probably punched Ryan for a long time and didn't know. And then he and rolled you over toward the wall. <laughs> well, if he also didn't know, we've got like a tree falling in the forest situation. That's valid. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. No one can hear me. I got it. If yeah, if you punch a tree in the forest, wait. If you punch, so that that was my mouth. Is I just I I'm gonna have to lay off the sunflower seeds and see if I I stop clenching and grinding so much. Yeah. Do you just do regular salt sunflower seeds? Um, right now I'm working on a, a dill pickle flavored bag. Oh. I like the, uh, I like the oh, nice. ones. A plus. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full support behind that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I it's hard to do just salt now because that just ruins that just ruins everything on mouths. Yeah, yeah. You you can only do like two mouthfuls and then suddenly yeah. the, the inside starts curling up and and yeah. Yeah, and or then, that's it. And then you can't help but chew on the inside of your mouth. And then you got a whole you got a whole thing. Like then you're just a meat mouth, and that's gross. <laughs> I mean, that's we're it. nothing but slugs on the inside tube. Um, I you know what? My mouth guard has helped me stop chewing. Not my mouth guard, my uh retainer? Sure smile. Mm. Yeah, like when I was straightening my teeth, I have a bad anxiety tick, especially at night, of chewing on the corners of my of of my lips Mm -hmm. and i would wake up with my like the pointy ones the k the canines is Mm -hmm. that what you call them yeah like dug into the inside of my lip and i would have to like pry my mouth open out out of my lip and thankfully and like i always had like calluses did you know that you can develop calluses on the inside i I do have that problem too like that is one of my things where i i notice if i have too much caffeine and i don't eat like an adequate lunch and i'm working i will just chew the shit out of the inside corners of my mouth yeah 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 now i'm starting to do it because i know i was it is also interesting and i was like now i'm thinking about it so i'm doing it now we're all just doing it it's fine and now 20 minutes of mouth self mouth eating asmr yeah (laughs) (laughs) the gross Listeners, don't try it if you haven't already done this, because to me, it feels really good until it doesn't. So mm-hmm. don't tempt yourself by finding out what it feels like. Yeah, don't get in yeah, there. It's no. like heroin. Yeah. Not even once. Not even once. Yeah. Uh, I have or a recommendation. Once. Sorry. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about heroin uh, just once? Tomato, tomato. Okay. Um. Uh. 
try to unclench your jaw every time you think about your jaw. That's helped me a lot from clenching. It's just every time I think about it. And then when I go to bed, I consciously think about it up until I fall asleep. And my jaw has been, I don't, I can't tell if I'm chomping. I might be, I still wear my routine or my, my guard, but, um, my jaw doesn't hurt as bad. And I am definitely way more stressed right now than I have been in like I'm a so year. Stressed. <laughs> I am the most stressed I've ever been, but my, my jaw feels okay, which is, uh, well, that's great. Shocking. To Shout out to it, Cheeky. Yeah. And, no, I'm, and... not, I'm not giving that credit to Cheeky. I'm giving it to <laughs> my know, conscious uh, You're jaw. working hard. You're working hard. <laughs> it's just, it's not just for yokels anymore, being being slack-jawed. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It's true, though. It's um, it's um, being present in the moment. <laughs> to to call back to to our conversation with Mark Smith, I mean, I feel like the the sort of in group of of you know elites and academics has made us think that somehow like just breathing through your mouth and letting your jaw hang down in in common parlance is is somehow not appropriate, and it's probably better for you. Mm-hmm. Better, you think? I'm just gonna. You just, I'm just, Isn't this like better? It sounds like I've removed my dentures. <laughs> And that was the mouth guard report. The mouth guard report. Open wide. (laughs) Yay! Well, uh, uh, are you are you too ready to play a game? Oh Yeah. yeah. I've got a note taken fingers ready. I've got a really great game for you for this episode. You do say this every time. This Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's it's an exciting game. I mean, it is consistent. Like the quality is consistent. It is terrifying. every time. (laughs) The quality is not necessarily consistent, but I think it is persistent and insistent. (laughs) That's yep. Mm -hmm. Those are the correct words. See, that was good. I liked that. <laughs> you see what I did there? I do. <laughs> and that concludes, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea, number one. Okay. These are all guest related. I see what you did there. Okay. Since we oh, have our first guest. Okay. Guest, first guest. Guest, first guest. Okay. Number one. Professor Plum. <laughs> Ooh, good one. I like that. I like that. This is, we're opening strong. Uh, (laughs) This frequent tonight show with Johnny Carson guest was also a stand-in host before moving on to shame celebrity fashion with her daughter, Melissa. And she's turning into the lead singer-songwriter for a nerd rock band. Joan Rivers Cuomo. (laughs) You see what I did there? Whoa! Yeah. So fast. So fast. Was a, I was so excited. It's a nerd rock band with a penchant for, for Buddy me. Holly and Beverly Hills was the completion of the clue. I'm sorry, everyone. I was so excited. No, I no, usually I, don't know them until 10 minutes later. I loved that. You're right. When you so tell far, me Chelsea, the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you like my heart is racing. I feel I feel seen <laughs> for the first time. You were like, no, no, I'm I'm already there. 
I'm done. <laughs> she doesn't see what you did there. She saw what she, she saw did it? there. <laughs> she she blew right past what I was doing there, and she was like, "All right, Kelly, number two, will oh, you God, see what I did there?" Not gonna go that well. No, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> two of this be our guest singing candelabra fraternized. Wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. Talk slower. Two of this be our guest singing candelabra candelabra fraternizing would make an elegant table setting and become the inventors behind filmmaking and projection no i'm not gonna know this what what's the what's the name of that candelabra lumiere great what what would two lumieres fraternizing be chelsea knows it no i don't want you to get it (laughs) but i don't but i'm not Um, i don't think i am two lumieres fraternizing yeah you got it, just two two people fraternizing, two men fraternizing. What are they? What would they be called? Brothers, brothers. Yeah. So what is? Put them together. Lumiere brothers. You see what I did there? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the the Lumiere brothers invented uh, invented filmmaking. Yes, I I guess okay. I guess technically I do see what you did there, but I didn't know that information. <laughs> and there and there are two candelabras, two can two Beauty and the Beast. Oh, song can we do last time? Can we do like musical? I see what you did there, <laughs> Sure, yeah. We'll do a musical episode. Okay. We got to do that first music video on MTV sometime. Oh, yeah. And we can do it. We have the capability. (laughs) The important thing is, Kelly, you saw what I did there. Chelsea, number three. This mockumentary filmmaker turns anything from rock and roll to dog shows up to 11. And he's literally the reason some people are throwing a fancy soiree. Oh my god. Um while we're thinking, part of the reason I bought my new audio interface for like my microphone for podcasting is because the uh, monitor knob goes to 11. Ah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't you have just made 10 louder? No. <laughs> this goes to 11. <laughs> I do not have it. I, I know the docu- I know the mockumentaries, but I don't know their creator. Do you, yeah, do you... that's where I get lost. Okay, so um, yeah, so we, yeah, do you get the second half? The reason some people are throwing a fancy soiree. Okay, hold a on. A person who's literally the reason. Is soiree a a clue? Like, is that I, word choice a clue, or could just, it be party? It's, yeah, it could just be party. <laughs> okay. It could be party. It could be a roast. It could be a uh, a birthday feels like that was a clue there's a person (laughs) there's a person who the party is for okay uh Uh, jolly good fellow i can't remember the name of the creator but i feel like i've got the second one okay okay i'm gonna say a name for the first one and then you tell me no immediately okay (laughs) great (laughs) is it richard no. No, okay. the the first name of this person is also the first name of a young boy who um fell in love with Just... a bear wearing a red shirt who liked honey. Yeah. He doesn't Christopher that, Guest of Honor. Christopher Guest of Honor. Oh. Yes. There we go. Is Richard Guest a person, or did I just make that up? I think Richard Guest is a Canadian newscaster or a British Mm. newscaster. 
Hmm. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I'll accept that. Yeah. Christopher Guest of Honor. Christopher I get Guest like fifty percent on that. You had to give me a lot of hints. <laughs> you you were so fast on the first one. I think it's even. <laughs> we're cool. We're cool. Two points. Now, Christopher Guest is the one who was like, "It goes to 11, right? Like he was I, in Spinal Tap as well. Yeah, as... yeah. He's he's in Spinal Tap, and then he directs uh, Best, of show. Best in Show Best of and show. The Mighty Wind, and um... so he was in Princess Bride as like the oh. the prince's like evil partner. Yes, he's the six fingered man. He does torture. Carrie Elwes in mm-hmm. Princess Bride, mm-hmm. Wesley, he tortures him and he talks about, so he's using that like electrocution device. And the first, so I saw Spinal Tap as a kid. I grew up with Spinal Tap. I didn't watch Princess Bride until I was in like college maybe. And so when he goes to like pull the lever to execute or to electrocute Wesley, I was like, does it go to 11? Does it go to 11? Like he talks about, I don't know. Just yeah. if, um, <laughs> I, I did not dismount that segue well. but They should have turned idea. it up, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Boy, Billy Crystal really turned up his acting in that movie. Have fun storming the castle. Speaking of fun, oh, Kelly, no. it's number four. I thought maybe I could, like, razzle my day, razzle-dazzle my way out of that. Okay, number four. <laughs> razzle your dazzle. Give them the old razzle dazzle see do a musical one yeah see we could yeah i i need to just do that that would be easier yeah the love boat nope okay was known (laughs) for a rotating cast of passengers played by visiting actors but i think the show would have been way better if they believed the crews to be real and the cameras left them feeling suddenly shocked or alarmed so i need the name of a visiting cast of actors like what would you call people who are not on the show but they're on the show this week and uh, cameos and they're feeling suddenly shocked or alarmed. It's got to have it guest. Remember, we got we got we got a guest theme. That's all I'm going to give you. Guest theme. I totally forgot there was a guest theme that really would have helped on that last one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And cameo was not the right. That's not a help. That's not helpful. It's a sin. It, what I'm asking for a is a synonym for cameo. Yeah, absolutely. It's not as obvious as like special guest, is it? It's almost as obvious as that. Yeah. Or rather, it's as obvious as that, but not that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Another word for that. Okay. Um, guest star. Yeah. Okay. 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 And they're okay. suddenly shocked or alarmed. And they're suddenly shocked or alarmed. Guest startled. Guest startled. You see really? what I did there. <laughs> oh my yes. god. <laughs> yes. You did it. Barely by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> uh, and by miracle of miracles, it's yet another tie two to two. I see oh. what you did there. <laughs> Is Perfect. happily over. god thank you for putting in the work on these by the way oh yeah i i enjoy it do we have any do we have any final thoughts on our first guest 
that was a lot that was a great was a first lot. guest yeah yeah gonna be hard to hard to beat for our second Ooh. guest <laughs> Ooh, i am very excited to read more about what they're doing i had yeah. a lot of questions we didn't get to and i might hijack your conversation in the twitter dms to get you those answered that. because yeah. i'm legitimately very curious um i think we could also just try to answer them here as if we were mark because i think we've listened we to enough we we'll probably get the idea mm-hmm. surely we're yeah. as good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, sorry, I hesitated because I was like, man, would it be funny to throw out one of my throwaway questions or to do one of the like biggest and heaviest questions? Like, what's, the, what's the funnier bit right now? Oh, man. Um, I didn't even get to ask him what was the deal with the C. I know. <laughs> Just didn't have a chance. Oh, uh, yeah, that was really incredible. I am so fascinated by his work. Uh, a big question I wanted to ask him is... Does he need me to come work for him to make Node XL a software as a service? Because my understanding is right now it's like an Excel plugin, but I mm-hmm. haven't had access to Excel since 2012. So I can't access it to my knowledge. I haven't like tried to download it or whatever, but it would be dope to just have that as a website. Yeah. Yeah. Or should we, so you're asking the question, should we pretend to be Mark? Well, what are your qualifications? Uh, big data. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and a really incredible skill at imagining all of the ways that things can go wrong. You do very, very I'm good very at that. very good at that. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. How do you feel about visualizations and also free popcorn i love free popcorn wait what does that have to do with popcorn i'm just i'm just laying out office amenities as a fake hiring oh. manager oh sorry i'm only wait can i uh, work. wait hold on can kelly and i compete for this oh, there's free popcorn yeah you then i will switch i will take it um yeah visualize data I think that we can probably work together on this. We we have different skills. We will come as a package. The popcorn thing does conflict. So how mm-hmm. much popcorn is available? Or are um, we going to have to do like I get Monday, Chelsea gets Tuesday. That's a good point. Yeah. I I don't think there's any limit to the to the corn. We're going to oh, okay. we're going to go with unlimited corn, but there uh, are going to be arbitrary limits on toppings. That's fine. I don't That's like toppings totally on mine. Um, you, don't like, you don't like cheese dust or like oh, garlic no. salt Mm-mm. or whatever. No, Gross. Oh, just normal salt. Just this normal is easy salt. street. Yeah, flavorful. Easy street. But you shouldn't have shown your hands because now mm. I'm not going to offer you as much money because I know that you're in on all the popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have mm. demands in other places. So <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you you totally should. You should talk to him. I, I think he's following the current Twitter as well. Listener, you should follow the current Twitter if yeah. you're not. <laughs> At least until we get kicked off for our inflammatory comments about Lord Musk. Clippy. Um, for oh, sexualizing God, Clippy online. <laughs> I thought that was one of my better <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Everybody's Everybody wants to play rock and roll, do drugs, and fuck Clippy. Yeah, that was a good bit. And I'm glad that he went with us. I'm glad that he was open to riffs. Yeah, he was cool. He was cool. It wasn't like uh, we didn't get just the stink eye and like, uh, okay, well, 
this yeah, is not no, what I signed up enthusiastic, for. And he's clearly very passionate. Yeah. And it's like infectious to see people passionate about that. And it was also uh, really nice to see somebody still so hopeful about social media because I know that I find it um, Sisyphean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh. What what do we think? Does does this experience mean that we want to have another guest? Like, did our first guest lead us to think, yeah, we should have a second guest and a third? So, guest. can we get Garfield on? Is that what we're? I I think we should at least try to get Jim Davis, if Ted? not Garfield himself. Should we get Ted? Oh my God, mm. Ted might be achievable. <laughs> yeah, that would be pr- that would be pretty sweet. Mm, who else? The pioneers. For the pumpkins. Oh, right? <laughs> I was yeah. like, is this a band? <laughs> I I live near a cemetery with very old corpses in it, so I could bring one on. Perfect. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Get a little clickety clack in the microphone. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> could we get? Uh, I think Alvin Schwartz has passed, but his son. Let's get his son on. We can get his son. Uh, what about the the artist, the illustrator? Oh, he's yeah. still. I think he's he's still. I would love to have him on. Yeah, that would be amazing. I. Am also, yep, he's still still going strong. Um, I think I did, before we did that episode, I did read that he still spends like his afternoons in his studio, which is wonderful. Um, but I feel like this would have been my top pick if we had to choose from any of our episodes up until this point anyway, because well, yeah, that was yeah. great. This oh, was yeah. amazing. It's it's really nice to have two positive surprises where we listen to this podcast episode to start this whole endeavor. And we're all fascinated with something really interesting. And then we get to actually talk to the person and they're still yeah. fascinating and interesting. And they're not like up their own ass or mean or, or right. cold or, yeah. or tapping their foot the whole time. Like looking at us like we're idiots. Cause uh, I mean, people could do that. We are, we are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I love that he was able to, I think that this is like a mark of a, of a, a good mark. A mark. <laughs> of a good science communicator he mm-hmm. had all of these like metaphors and analogies ready to go and i think that that's uh really important and helps people to like see the points more clearly right because we it makes it accessible those... exactly yeah. yeah like we've looked at those node excel graphs and they are very mm-hmm. dense those visualizations are yeah. very mm-hmm. hard to understand until you like learn some context but listening to him talk provides that context and like puts it into everyday terms that we all like are familiar with yeah and it takes away the the constant argument about censorship and uh, tamping down free speech it's like no it's not that it's not that at all people still drive everywhere they want to drive we're saying the platform shouldn't have to build the perfect car that's uncrashable they should Mm -hmm. make a car that has things so that people who are capable of not crashing can use them Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. i like that yeah i liked framing it um in the idea of like enabling things enable your group to feel safe and communicate with each other enable this not curbing something like that's Mm. a very like um psychology 101 type thought Mm. right like yeah like um positive feedback is more powerful than than positive punishment so or negative punishment even like think about what we can add how do we enrich 
the situation, not how do mm-hmm. we strip things away from it. So uh, let's let's go around. Let's give this first guest some dabs. Ooh, girl, I've got a whole sack of dabs over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're five episodes in, and the deb scale is broken. It's all over. Uh, I think I I think I'm going five dabs. Yeah, five dabs. Yeah, yeah, easily unanimous five dabs. There's unanimous no reason five. to 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 even consider a lesser amount of dabs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take so much time to digest everything. I have like probably like seven pages of notes that I just want to go back through and then further research everything that he said. It was just so, so informative and so enlightening and just seeing what, where social media could go is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. This is cool. So next uh, episode in two weeks, uh, Chelsea (laughs) will have become the internet. She will Mm -hmm. be the arbiter of all Mm -hmm. data. And um, we will bow to her greatness. Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're welcome. (laughs) But really, (laughs) right, Chelsea, thank you for uh, sparing us in advance. Uh, Yeah, sure. 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 I'm sparing you. Let's find out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know I'm screwed. (laughs) My Usenet's all clippy porn. Um, (laughs) Wait, isn't he naked? He's already naked. He's got a sticky note on him or something. Yeah, he's got the sticky note. Clippy just got out of the shower. <laughs> oh, can we Is like that Photoshop not how your Word documents were? No, no. Can any of us Photoshop this? Like, I want. <laughs> how can we make? I feel like, like I can Google Clippy in a towel and yeah, then come I'm, up. I'm, Why is this in my brain? I'm almost positive this must be a thing. I hope so. Oh no. Uh, he does not have a sticky note in front of him. It is behind him. And I can find some pictures of him with very smarmy facial expressions. No, that's just is pornography. Is, right? <laughs> I, he's not in a towel. I don't know why I thought this. Also, Clippy is one continuous cylinder. So is he all dong or not dong at all? That's a hmm. interesting question. I was going to say great question. I don't know if it's no, a great I don't, one. I don't, it's an I don't interesting think, one. Yeah, you definitely should not positively <laughs> reinforce that. What are his... Um, I think... Uh, hmm. So he does have eyebrows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are those... Uh, I think that this is... I think that this can help us decide. Can it? I mean, yeah. dogs don't typically have eyebrows. Well, or eyeballs. You know what? Look, the yeah. eyeballs are maybe the bigger... <laughs> Is it just a dick? Yeah. Is yeah. Clippy just a dick? That's uh, what yeah, we have come yeah. to the cl- conclusion for. And this very insightful episode, is this what we're ending on? Is that Clippy's just a dick? I might edit this out, but I probably will. Good. <laughs> okay. But no, I think I we... Think, I think I think, keep it in. <laughs> I think we all agree that, that pubes are the eyebrows of the dick, right? See, that's what I was saying. <laughs> this is terrible. I we think, need to stop. I think it's, I think it's just the little... There's like we're a off little the rails. part... There's like a little part at the end that like whoops out. I think that's the dom. Yeah, yeah. All right. or, or it's a jaunty tail. Look, Mark, we're very sorry. You were on here and we ruined this. <laughs> I ruined Maybe this. Maybe we I'll can get him back on for his input. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll 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 chat him real quick. We'll see. Mark tweeted us at <laughs> debut buddies. Is Clippy all dick or no dick? Oh no. <laughs> Hey, uh, 
Um, Listeners, if you want to review this podcast, you can give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and just write in all dick or no dick in the the review line. That would be great for us. Um, Thank you. (laughs) So next episode, we are going to be discussing the first Claymation Christmas movie uh, to kick off the December season, which is why we're picking Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The um, Rankin Bass is what it, is the production company. You you remember this from from your youth? It was played on no. NBC or ABC or whatever uh, all the time. There's just claymation deer, and they're getting in in various games and fights and things. Yeah, that's that's the Rudolph story. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited to watch this for the first time. So we're gonna get the hell into this, and we're gonna talk about uh, whether his nose was bright or not. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and whether or not he's all dick or no dick. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's the it's a deb scale and then all dick no dick are the two oh, no. ratings yep. on this show every single week yep. from now on. <laughs> and retroactively, Garfield, all dick. Absolutely. All dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's stop before we destroy ourselves. And uh, and Chelsea wants to destroy us when she becomes the queen of alt data. Um, yeah, we'll do. We deserve it. <laughs> do some plugging. We're over on uh, Never Show the Monster, we being me and Chelsea, and sometimes Nate. Um, gosh, this is, when is this coming out? Uh, we don't know. November. This is so far yeah we don't know Late what November. series we're doing at this point but uh it's a fun <laughs> podcast we talk about um horror movies we do little collections of them based on a theme it's super fun and stupid and you can hear more about all dick v no dick over there basically that's about the caliber that you can expect <laughs> that's that's unfair to your to your very thoughtful commentaries on horror films sometimes sometimes yeah. <laughs> Look, it's, there, there's ebbs and flows, but it's not there's like it's more all... insight over here. So if you yeah, want something insightful yeah, yeah. and something to quote <laughs> later, uh, come over here. If you just want to, I don't know, uh, all dick or no dick, then head movies. over there. Yeah, yeah. We're just hanging out over there. Never show the monster at no show monster on Twitter. Uh, Chelsea, anything you're going to plug? Nope, that too. I <laughs> Great. I've got nothing else. I can't think of anything. Um, her partner is Ryan Tate Art on most social medias. Go watch his YouTube. It's very funny. Yeah. yeah. Check, check out his Instagram. And Watching his YouTubes will not lead TikToks. you into stochastic terrorism. You know, probably. I'm saying that they will. For the algorithm. That, yeah, I was going to say, after he said that, I want to go check that. I'm going to go check that on NodeXL to see if uh, mm. his YouTube video will lead me down an alt-right pipeline. He is a white male, so I am concerned. Shit. Yeah. Mm, we'll find out. Speaking of white males, I have a book out that you should buy. (laughs) It's called One Person Can't Make a Difference. It's a cyberpunk noir novel, and uh, and people love it, from what I understand, uh, from people I've talked to, which is all three of us, at least. (laughs) So check that out wherever books are sold. You can also find other books that I publish at readspaceboy.com. And uh, yeah, and like we said earlier... Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you legit want us to try to do this on a weekly basis instead of fortnightly, mm. come out and tell us. Like, show up on social media. Start throwing ideas at us. Make, you know what, pre-chew our food a little bit. If you baby bird it to us, we're going to do this more often. 
Uh, we might have to start a Patreon to make that happen. <laughs> uh, we, we've discussed it already, so maybe we just need to do it. I should, uh, you know, S or get off the P, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Suck or get off the pot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was our first guest. Yay. We had a blast. Bye, buddies. Bye. Bye, buddies. Sorry, I sound so sad every time. <laughs> First